Hey, hey, it's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed, and it's Wednesday, December 2nd. Um, gosh, we're down to the, uh, we have four Wednesdays left after tonight to do Joy Exposed. I can't believe this year is almost over. Like this, I think November went by so fast. I think March, no, April, May, June went by really slow. And then November was like, June went by really fast. And here we are, December, getting ready for Christmas. So this is Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed and welcome. As per usual, we start with three cheers of joy, three moments of self-celebration that have nothing to do with anyone else but you. So if we can play with this lighting a little bit. I don't really know what it's supposed to do. I should probably not touch anything. Yeah, okay. So three moments of self-celebration that have nothing to do with anybody else but you. So let me start. Um, my first year of joy tonight is, I have really amassed an amazing collection of lip drip. So this what I have on tonight is kind of a little menthol. And don't forget, my lips are dripped each week by Shine Glow Getter. Uh, shineglowgitter.com and um, they are officially dripping my lips each week. So uh, that's my first um, cheer of joy is I have a great, I went from like having a lip balm and a lip gloss to having like a whole bag of lip, lip glosses and lipsticks and mattes and all this stuff that liners that I'm learning how to use. You guys know if you go back to early joy last year, year and a half, you'll be like, she ain't wearing no makeup. She ain't wearing no lipstick. But I'm trying now. I'm growing up. Um, my second cheer of joy is that, shit, it's already Wednesday. <laughs> I'm grateful that it's already Wednesday. I dreaded going back to work this week because I really needed the break for Thanksgiving break. And so when it was time to go back to work on Monday, I was like, to, but it's not so bad. So it's Wednesday already. I've got two more days and then I have two weeks after that and then it's Christmas break. So I'll take it. So my second cheer of joy is it's hump day already. My third cheer of joy is just, I've been taking my grandbaby to work this week and I mean to school this week and that's been fun getting, being with her in the morning and she likes to make the smoothies and she likes to talk and just kind of spending the mornings with her. It's been really cool. So that's my third cheer of joy, spending some Grammy time with my grandbaby. So my first cheer of joy is I have an, a massive, great collection of lip drips. I won't even open them. And then um, my second cheer of joy is making it to Wednesday. Uh, we're already on hump day and I got two more days of work this week. And so I'm really grateful for that. And I think we're going to decorate the Christmas tree tomorrow. It may already be decorated. I just walked past it. I think I, I don't remember seeing any, any decorations on it, just a tree there with lights. So I think that's tomorrow or Friday. And then the third cheer of joy is hanging out with my grandbaby in the morning and taking her to school. And it's been really cool. Um, if you don't have any little people around you, they are definitely some kind of special. So um, I'm enjoying her an awful lot. So that's my third cheer of joy. And just in case you don't know or you don't remember, three cheers of joy, three moments of self-celebration. And we start every joy exposed that way just to 
stay grounded and to know that there's goodness happening happening all around you without you necessarily um having to go get it or um having it to be something material or expensive or whatever so just three things that you want to celebrate and carry with you till the next week and those are my three cheers of joy so cheers and the lip drip is brought to you by lip shine shine glow getter dot com um about my grandbaby, I just had a, had a great time spending time with her. Her birthday is at the end of this month, December 30th. And I was thinking yesterday that I was going to dedicate a, much of my writing this month to her, just in my blog, just to kind of, I call it um, Princess Ari's whimsies, right? So her just whimsical things that happened with her that she and I share. And at first I thought I would do it just because a lot of my Facebook family loves to read about her. Um, but then I thought, what a great way to kind of be memorialized by your grandmother, to have something printed that will always be around as you get older and you get to see how your grandparents felt about you or the words they had for you. Um, so I'm th thinking I'm going to do that for her and just to have there. And um it's really kind of a neat idea because, you know, like we never, we don't get to, with technology, it lets us do more, but I never got to meet my maternal grandmother. So I didn't meet her personally, but I feel like she comes to me and she spends time with me and she gives me guidance because um, she died when my mom was really young. So I never got to meet her, but I do feel a connection with her. And so me being a grandmother is important to me because I am here and I do get to meet my granddaughter and my other grandkids when we have them, that I'll get to spend time with them and just to be able to kind of time date stamp history that, you know, my grandmother wrote about me. My grandmother was a writer and she wrote about me and just to kind of have that and just reminders that not only are, will they be great, but hell, their parents are great, their, their grandmother was great, their great-grandmother was great, and their grandfather, and, you know, so, you know, that's going to be really interesting, but I, I do like that idea, and um, and it wasn't, I'm kind of getting more and more comfortable with the idea of being a writer, you know, that's been going on for a few years, and so now, when I'm writing, I feel like I'm a writer, I feel like I'm telling a story, it's intentional, you know, kind of, falling into it, you know, things happen and I see how I would tell somebody about it, what I would write about it. And that's another thing that we have to kind of, I always remind people when they're doing bullshit to me or around me or craziness. I'm always like, hey, you remember I'm a writer, right? <laughs> I'm probably going to write about this and you may not be in the best light. So that's, um, you know, that's kind of my place to go to, to kind of put a stamp on it, this happened, and this is how I felt about it. And, you know, so we always have to, you know, remind people that, wow, this is, I hate to see this in the newspaper, but I think I'm gonna write and send it in. You know, it would be great for me to get published somewhere like that, um, some op-ed or something. Anyway, so on to Facebook Post of the Week. Facebook Post of the Week brought to you by stmspecialties.com. And we are going to get right into that. So let me see where I started. 
I think I got one up in front of that. Uh, okay, I'll start with that one. Um, yeah, so no, okay, so I'm going to start here. Three cheers. I mean, um, ugh, Facebook post of the week brought to you by stmspecialties.com. Um, the first one is by uh, Katie Rowland. She lives in Jacksonville. She listens often. She said, feeling safe in someone's energy is a different type of intimacy. The feel That feeling of peace and protection is really underrated, right? And I think that I love that because it's always hard to explain when people are saying they don't feel safe with their partner or he doesn't make me feel safe or he, you know, when they say stuff like that and I just want to tell him like, well, get the hell away from him. Because <laughs> I truly believe that when you're in the presence of someone who sees you and want to take care of you, they don't have to think about making you safe. You just feel safe. You don't. You're not fretting about something. You're not worried. You're not, they just, their presence alone just make you feel like everything is okay. So I definitely like that one from Katie. Thank you. Um, uh, okay, so this is by Brian Russell. It says, never compromise on doing the right thing. So many people try to convince you of alternative moral fluidity when it's convenient. However, having a moral compass and a heart for people doesn't change. You know, we talk about that often on the on um, Joy Exposed because your morality is so important to making decisions that will make sure that you're set free. But when you start changing, trying to change your moral compass to satisfy a whim, that's when you really get jacked up in situations because if you change your moral compass to do something, the ability to change it back, it's not that simple because you've already curved a new path and you've got to deal with the consequences with doing so. So I'd like that from Brian Russell. Thank you. Um, this is one I saw Marquita Rogers. It says, if we keep preparing her, but don't address the underprepared him, we will have a generation of women waiting on a man that don't or that does not exist. I thought that was a really good one because we see that a lot. I think that the women are ultra prepared. And I mean, the women are going to college and um, the women are going to college and the, the women are, you know, getting kick-ass jobs and they're, the women are being prepared to go out and get it. And the men are, not so much, right? So the number of women going off to school and doing things is greater than the number of men. And it does create this kind of unequal balance of being together because a woman who has worked her butt off to do all these great things is less likely to end up with the man who has not. And a man who has worked his butt off to do these amazing things is less likely to end up a woman who has not with the woman who has not. And that's a real thing. I saw a post on Facebook, this is just throwing it in there, talking about would a woman date a man who lived off Section 8 and got food stamps and got child support and something else and didn't have another source of income, would a woman date a man like that? And the responses were crazy. The women were like, no, you know, of course not. They were saying no. But the 
the women were all, the men were like, well, why are we supposed to want to date a woman like that who has no job and Section 8 and food stamps and whatever the other thing was. And so it's really kind of, and they even said, one of the guys said to me, you know, you know, that's true. You know, women live like that. And I was like, I don't know women live like that. You know, I know that those are services, food stamps and Section 8. I know those are viable options for services when you need help. But I don't really know anybody who's not working, who's not working and only collecting those things and collecting child support. So maybe I'm not in the generation for that because most of the people my age, their kids are just about grown. So I'm sure there are situations like that, but they're not common in my arena or people that I deal with. But the men were saying that they have a problem being expecting to grind and make it big and all of this and then have to settle for a woman who's just there, right? So, you know, it, so I guess everybody needs to be pushed to be their best, right? And to not be comfortable with the, um, not be comfortable with nothing. And people feel like they're working and amassing, amassing things, getting things, and it's really nothing. You know, it's um, material things, you can't take them with you, they age out, they break, you know. So it's like, really, what do you, what's the balance? How do you get to a good sense of you and that growth? How do you get that in your intrinsic self or part of you without, um, um, and then, you know, still be able to interact and deal with people. So, and engage with people, should I say. So that was, you know, pretty interesting. Um, and I don't know, I don't, I think that just, I, that's always been a way, right? I think it's just like some men and women just unequally yoked, right? They're not equally yoked. So instead of feeling necessary to force it, you recognize it and you continue to move on. As I said earlier, if you're in a relationship with someone and you don't feel safe, or you feel like you're the one that has to be in charge, or you're the you got to keep everybody safe and all this and you don't feel safe, then, you know, you're probably in not a relationship that's healthy for you and maybe time to go and to do something else. So, um, you know, we have to really pay attention to that, um, to those situations and I guess push our boys and girls uh, equally. Right. Um, hang on a second. Push our uh boys and girls equally to be their best and give them the same resources. So, you know, that was a pretty cool um, Facebook post of the week as well. Let me see if I have another one. Uh, let's see. Mm. Oh, this was a good one right here. Hang on a second. Drop my wine. This was a good one right here. It says, um, oh, okay. It says, your ex sends you $4,000. Your ex sends you $4,000 on your birthday. Your current partner tells you to return it. Will you return it? Right? And so I read that and I was like, 
your ex sends you $4,000 on your birthday. Why would your ex send you $4,000 on your birthday, right? That was my whole thing. It was like, what the fuck? That's a problem in itself, just even having that conversation. But the problem is many people who were responding to the, um, many people who were responding to the post were saying, I wouldn't tell my current that my ex sent me $4,000. And I was like, are y'all serious? You know, so I just really copied down some of those posts because it was like, if you're in a relationship and your ex sends you $4,000, would you really not tell your ex you got $4,000? I mean, would you really not tell your current that you got $4,000? Then I was just kind of reading some of the responses and I thought, well, this explains why a lot of people are um, single. That's a problem. I, I mean, I think so. So let's see me read a couple of responses. Nope, I'm keeping it. My current would first be a bit suspicious. He thinks every man that has ever known me that's not related to me wants my little coochie, but then he'll be cool when he realizes that dude just crazy, right? Um, uh, let's see. If my current partner hands me $4,000, i will give it back. I would never tell my man no shit like that. Um, so, I mean, I was I was reading the responses and I'm thinking like, this is a tough place to be relationship wise. If you're in a relationship and you are keeping some secrets away from your partner, especially when it comes to exes, like you're entertaining the whims of your exes and that's supposed to be okay. So I was like, that's crazy. So I was like, if my my ex wouldn't give me anything, like, cause he know I wouldn't take it. So, and I would tell my current about it if my ex tried to give me some money or if he offered me something, hell, even some perfume, anything for my birthday, I would be like, hey, babe, such and such and such. I'm not, cause that just, you don't breed deception and greed into your relationship. And then you wonder why you're not happy in your relationship. Like, Nah, nah, I'm not going to do it. So I read a lot of those responses and I was like, oh, okay. There you go. So um, that was interesting. And I wonder, what do you guys think about that? If your ex gave you $4,000, would you keep it a secret from your current? Or would you give it back? Or what would you do? Like, I would be like, I'm giving it back. I'm not. Nah. Maybe because my conscience don't let me keep secrets like that. Like. Why would I want to keep secrets from my best guy? Like he's my, he's the person that keeps me safe. So if I'm keeping secrets and deception and all this stuff, how is that? How am I going to feel safe in his presence when I'm creating all the chaos on my own? That's weird, right? But anyway, I wanted to share that. Um, also, let's see, I think that's in it for the Facebook post of the week. I mean, I had several, but I don't, I'm not going to read any more. Um, Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. All right, so those are the Facebook posts of the week, and they're brought to you by stmspecialties.com. Cheers. You guys remember about two weeks ago, I read this article by this um, writer named Laura Henneman, and her uh, article says, uh, Dear White Women Who Voted for Trump. You guys remember that? So I sent her, as I told you guys, I was going to send her the email and tell her 
uh, I was going to send her the email and tell her how much I enjoyed her article. Well, I sent it to her and she responded. Let me read you her response. I don't look like I'm unhappy, do I? So I sent it. I said, thank you for your amazing article, blah, 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 blah. And I tagged her in the YouTube video. She says, dear Joycelyn, thank you so much for your note and your wonderful podcast about the article. I loved it. When you said, I'm going to move the nation that wants to move, that even knows there's a problem, I identified with that wholeheartedly. I wrote the article to white women who voted for Trump knowing damn well a lot of them wouldn't read it. Or if they did, they wouldn't hear me. So it moves the people who want to move like you. Love the podcast and look forward to hearing more from you. I linked your podcast on my writer page. Ah, right. So I was really stoked about that, you know, because I I was concerned because you guys know I have a potty mouth and, you know, I cuss and talk trash and blah, 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 all that shit. So I wasn't really sure the response, but I love the article. I love the commentary on it. And I listened to it a couple of times and I love the passion behind it. And I meant everything that I said in there. Right. So I usually do. I'm usually I usually mean the stuff that I said most times. So. She sent me that email and then she said this on her page. So cheered and happy to see a note from this podcaster, Joycelyn Wells, the author, this weekend. She talks about my article, Dear White Women Who Voted for Trump, at minute nine. Check it out. She has some great commentary, including the election is over, the tide has turned, keep it fucking turning. And it's grow time. I'm going to move the nation that wants to move. So she quoted me and everything. So I am, um, so I'm very excited about that. I was like, yay. And, you know, because I don't really talk about a lot of, I'm very protective about talking about people's craft and their opinions. But that article just really touched me in a unique space because it meant a lot to me. So that was, um, I think, November 18th. And that was a Dear White Women by Laura Henneman. Great article. Very pleased. Very proud. And I've gotten several hits on my YouTube channel and on my YouTube um, video because of it. So I was very, felt a little celebrity like. <laughs> so, yeah, that was really cool. Um, for Thanksgiving, one of the things that we did on Thanksgiving, because thank you, Stephanie. Uh, one of the things we did on Thanksgiving, because we're in a pandemic, is that we decided not to we decided not to um, get together because I'm sorry. We decided to not get together because of the pandemic. Right. Um, so we did a Zoom on Thanksgiving night, me and my mom, my sister, my nieces, my daughters, my son, my uncle, so my cousin, his wife, his kids, one of my older cousins and his son. So it was several of us on the Zoom call and we all stayed on it for about an hour, right? And um, we had a good time. So we live in all but between here and Georgia. We don't live, and my uncle lives in Texas, but we have a small family. Like we literally have a small family. My grandparents had three kids, right? So my, oh, well, I had four, but my older my older uncle died when I was really little. So he, they have four kids. So that means my mom had two kids. My aunt Carolyn had one. My uncle William had zero. And then my um, 
Uncle Walter had four, three boys and a girl. So we, at this point, we have a small family. And so us getting together on the Zoom call is just really neat because like my kids hadn't met my cousin Tony's kids and they're all grown right now. So, or they haven't been around each other since they were little. So we sat and we talked and we did introductions and what we're thankful for. Um, we had a good time doing that. And then the other families start getting off because my daughter was like, what do you mean we're getting off? I thought we were gonna party. You know, I mean, it's my daughter, so the party is real. And so I was like, well, I just didn't wanna hold everybody. It's Thanksgiving. We don't really know what their plans are. So as it turns out, everybody got off the call except my mom, me and my sister, our kids. Right. So we stayed on the call and we probably stayed on to like 10 o'clock <laughs> laughing and talking. And, and it's funny seeing the little kids are now adults and, you know, they're talking and their mouth is loose. They might cuss a little bit and they got cocktails and, you know, so it's really cool. You know, just and my mom was just sitting like she's so proud, like it's her family, you know, and this she's in Jacksonville by herself for Thanksgiving. And, you know, and she cooked her little crab boil and, you know, just hanging out and, and it was just really good. So by the time we got off the phone for Thanksgiving, we decided we're going to do a Christmas Zoom, right? So we're going to do a Christmas Zoom and we're going to do Secret Santa. So we pulled names, we included Faceless Love and Joya's um, fiance. And so they're included in there. And we all, so I drew the name. So everybody has a name now and we have to buy the gift and mail it to where it's going so we can get together Christmas Eve at six. And we're going to play games and have cocktails and just to, you know, stay connected. And I, I love it because my mom has not been afraid of the technology. I think early on in the pandemic, we started trying to get her on the Zoom call and, you know, just trying to get her to use it a little more. And, you know, and, and it, we got to think the baby boomer generation, they're hesitant about the technology because it's real. Right. So but she's got on that she's on and she'll get on the Zoom call. And if her volume goes out, she'll switch to another device. And so I was, I'm really proud of her for just kind of staying on it. Now, my sister, who's younger than me, is terrified of whatever technology. She's only going to use it for work. But uh, we got her on Zoom back in, um, I guess it was March. We had to teach her how to use it because we couldn't get Kinsley to do her schoolwork when they first went on distance learning. So it was kind of interesting. But the Zoom call was nice. The plan for Christmas is nice. And we even decided we were going to adopt um, some mystery children. My Brother Chris is my dad's son. He he works as a guidance counselor at um elementary school up in Rome. And I guess I should share the page um uh, on my Facebook. But they have a tree where the kids and I, I think it's probably a Title One school, so they have a high percentage of free lunch, and they're always trying to do things to make sure the kids have adequate clothing. I think last year they had a coat drive, and every child got a brand new coat. And this year they have a Christmas tree where you can take a card and the kids write what they want on it. And I told him, you know, give me two. And um, my family, my my family, we are adopting two kids. So we got a little boy and we got a little girl. And the little boy, we were all like, our poor little hearts were so unhappy because all he wrote on his was, I just want some school clothes. And, you know, for people who have 
who haven't had to want, you know, for people who, yeah, who haven't had to want, you know, it just really touched all of us. We were like, school clothes? Like, wait, what? So um, we're all just kind of putting in some money to get the school clothes and probably a couple toys and underwear, socks, shoes. We're going to send him something, you know, just to kind of get him through the winter because he's in North Georgia. So his winter will definitely last longer than my winter <laughs> for sure. But um, so we're going to make sure we get him some good stuff. And then the little girl, she wants like the, she's seven years old, I think. And she wants the LOL doll and the baby doll and the stroller. So she wants, she's got toys that she wants. And so we're going to get her, put her together a box with some toys and stuff and send that. And um really excited about it. And everybody thought it was a good idea because I thought, you know, I sent it, we have a group text and I sent it and said, well, hey, I hope you guys don't mind. I volunteered us to adopt two children and I should put the cards in there and everybody could read them. And you know, told we're going to all donate $20, 10 for each child. And that way we could at least do $100 on each child or, or more um, if you donate more, you know, if you give more than we can. And so that was really cool. So today, my sister Destiny and I sat up on um, oldnavy.com and went shopping for the little boy. So we got him clothes. We're having him shipped to my brother's house so he can give them to him. And we got to um, shop for the little girl probably this weekend and just kind of put her some stuff together. So it's going to be really cool. And it makes you feel very, it makes me feel very good for one, that I want to, and two, that I'm able to, right? So, and that just made, it just felt right for me. I mean, I can't even say it any other way. It just felt right for me. So, um, so we're doing that. And then so that's what we're doing, my mom's family and her children and grandchildren. So we're adopting two kids. Uh, and then I talked to Faceless Love and his daughter. And then she and I, we haven't really had like a community service or one-on-one thing that we did just together. Cause you know, I'm new, I'm new to the family. I'm new to her. And now we're going to adopt a child together too. So she and I will probably talk about that and figure out what we're going to buy. It's a little girl, uh, talk about what we're going to buy. And I was very pleased that she was interested in doing it. And um, Faceless Love was like, well, I don't know if she's going to be interested. He's like, I'll ask her. But, and then she was like, oh yeah, you know, I'd like to do that. And so, you know, I'm just trying to, we all have to find a way to fit in, you know, to people's lives as they unravel. So not only are the lives unraveling, but you're kind of making something new as you go along. So I'm, I'm happy about that. So hopefully she and I will be able to do that um, each year. Maybe that can be our thing. So we'll start with this year and see how it goes. But I think it would be like lots of fun to share that way um, with the little princess. Um, Otherwise, that's about all I'm going to do shopping for Christmas. I'm not buying a lot of gifts. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm not. I think probably my son, who's a senior in high school, and he he doesn't even want anything. I thought he was going to want that PlayStation 5 thing. He hasn't. He doesn't want it. He's content with his computer that he has. He does want a new phone when it comes out. Well, in January, I think we'll get a new phone for him. So it's like, you know, that he wants, but 
Otherwise, he's just real chill. Like, he's like, I got, you know, I'm good, you know, whatever. He'll be getting ready to go to college in a little while. So I guess he'll need regular stuff, refrigerator, microwave, that kind of stuff. But he's not really asking for anything. Um, and with our family gift exchange, everybody's going to get a gift. And it's going to be about $20 limit for everybody. So everybody gets to spend $20. And that'll be about it. So everybody will get a gift there and we're going to just hold, ride this pandemic out, right? We just try to keep taking care of each other and keep um, staying safe and um, so we can get through. Speaking of getting through, there's a pandemic coming. I mean, not a pandemic. There's a vaccination coming. What do you guys think about that? Anybody talking about it? Anybody getting a vaccine? Um. I think I probably would get a vaccine, right? I just, oh, my camera shifted. I'm looking at the ceiling, hold on. That's my bad. So um, I think I will get the vaccine simply because, uh, why not? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like it's my duty, right? Like this is what we're supposed to do. I'm not big on, anti-stuff. Now, the only way I couldn't get the vaccine is if it has an egg base. I can't do eggs. So that would stop me from getting, that's why I don't get a flu vaccine because it has an egg base. But so there is a vaccine has been approved. I think the UK approved theirs this morning by Pfizer. The United States was, I don't know if it was actually approved today or not, but I know they're in the process of talking about approving it. And, um, I guess we'll have to see. They're talking about giving it to healthcare workers first, which makes sense, but it's also scary. What if it doesn't work and then we lose all our healthcare workers? <laughs> then what the fuck are we gonna do? <laughs> so I don't know. I wonder if our president is going to, our current president is going to try to do some pomp and circumstance like he had something to do with this or to take credit for it or, you know, this kind of Hail Mary last minute effort of trying to, I don't know, whatever he does. You guys know he's crazy, but I wonder what his um, thing's going to be. Yeah, so I wonder what his, his thing's going to be. So we're going to see, but there is a vaccine out there. And we got to look at how it's going to be distributed. And you got to think those things are really, they pay a lot of attention to the lot numbers and expiration dates and all that stuff is cataloged. When you get your shot or injection or whatever, all of that stuff is cataloged and it's kept forever in the bowels of the Centers for Disease Control. Your health department um, keeps it and forwards it. And so all of those records are kept. So every vaccine you've ever gotten um, it's somewhere somebody knows on your little blue card, right? Um, so this will be another one and we're going to see how this goes. But I think some jobs will require, some jobs require their employees to have certain vaccines um, and to stay up on that. So, you know, with those, you know, people will have to choose if they're going to continue to work or not continue to work or whatever. But for me, I'm open to it. I mean, why not? As long as I can, as long as I'm, you know, I can take it without, um, uh, as long as there's not any eggs in it. So, oh, I didn't say earlier, my poppy Chardonnay, that's what I'm drinking. I just poured the last of it in my glass. I didn't all drink it all right now. I've just been drinking it 
all afternoon. Well, since I got off work. And this is the end of it. So we'll see about that vaccine and how you guys feel about it. And if you guys get it before me, I'll keep an eye out. See if you start growing hair out of weird places or walking on all fours or <laughs> anything like that. Uh, let's see what I got. Oh, I know what I was going to tell you guys about. So you know that. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna talk about it. I already spent too much energy talking about it this week. You know, you know, I just, I'm very passionate about what I do. I'll say that, like, where I choose to spend my time and where I, you know, my gift, and I'm very passionate about it. So, in those situations, I have a hard time when somebody's trying to blow smoke up my butt about it. I'm like, what? Well, this doesn't even make sense. What are you talking about? And and we have that, you know, that happens occasionally at work. And I really have learned how to tune stuff out. I literally stay in my lane. I'm not very sociable at work. I've probably socialized more this year than I have in past years, and it could be because I'm leaving. And so my um, sense of staying disconnected is less this year. And we have some really cool new teachers that have come on, come on board and they're fun to talk to. So I'm having a good time talking and sharing. And we don't have a lot of kids because of the pandemic. So, but usually I'm very, I go, I eat lunch. I talk to a couple teachers. We. Me and the same teachers have been eating lunch together for four years. So I go have lunch, 30 minutes, we leave, right? That's the extent of my social time. And I think it's presented as a problem in the past because people would take it to mean that uh, maybe I had an attitude or I was stuck up or I was mean or whatever. But, you know, I just didn't want to get caught. And you, and you know when you have this kind of discerning spirit, you know when things don't feel right. Well, I know when things don't feel right to me. So I'm not going to subject myself to a place that's uncomfortable just for the sake of being in it. I leave. So we were talking about it today. And, they, and I said, well, I just have a hard time carrying the energy with me. Like sometimes people's energy is just too much. And I find myself carrying it. Well, I did in the past. I don't anymore. And you know what? It had nothing to do with me. So I just... I let that shit go. And uh, the lady, the teacher that I was talking to was like, really? Too much? I said, yes. A lot of stuff doesn't have anything to do with me. And I just don't subject myself to it just because. So I thought, and I was like, that probably sounds really weird. And one of the other colleagues was like saying I was a hippie. <laughs> it's too heavy, dude. It's heavy, you know. He said, you sound like a hippie or like you've been here before. But that's kind of my protective mechanism, right? It's kind of like I have work to do and I can't afford to be caught and weighed down with the burden of someone else. I'm very cautious about that. I'm very aware of it. And if you, uh, those of you here who deal with me on a regular basis, you guys know I don't spend a lot of time processing at arguments um disagreements 
ideas. I don't spend a lot of time processing. <laughs> I'm kind of a get in and get out kind of person, right? Even having conversations with my faceless love about things that happen, you know, we just have it. It's pretty quick. There's never a I'm mad or he's mad and we're this and that. It's not anything like that. It's just like, okay, it's over. Let's keep moving. I'll laugh it off and keep going. But that's, it keeps me light because I've been so burdened before. I've been so bogged down with stuff around me that has nothing to do with me. And not that anybody gave it to me, I went and took it. My children had stuff that they were doing, I took it. And I tried to own it and control it. Um, girlfriends, uh, boyfriends, my ex-husband, they had stuff going on. I took it to try to solve it. Like I took it to try to manage it for them. Or I took it. And that shit, it, it weighs on you. It doesn't weigh on them. It weighs on you. So when you have a, when I had a problem or I had something going on, no one came to take my problem to solve it. I had to solve my problem too. So when my ex-boyfriend was arguing with his mom or his brother or his sister or his what I'm all in it trying to uh, figure out what the argument is and try to, and that shit ain't had nothing to do with me. Fuck, they're probably still arguing today. Who gives a shit? But I was, that's, I just felt like I could. And then I realized, that ain't got nothing to do with you. Leave it alone. Like it has nothing to do with you. And you just kind of start shutting it down. And that's exactly how I am at work, in meetings, in conversations. And sometimes I probably look like I zone off because I'm literally thinking like, saying I know to do with me. And unless somebody asks me specifically to do something, I'm not volunteering to do it. <laughs> unless it's for the children. If it's something for the kids, I'm all over it. But if it's just to, oh, I'll do that. I'll do. Mm -mm. I've been that person before. And I'm the one that's carrying the burden of, I got something else to do. So I don't do it anymore. And, and I was trying to explain that today, that it, it helps me to stay light. It helps me to stay, what is it? Amble, like I can amble along my journey. It, it just allows my thoughts to flow freely and for be to be aware of me and the gifts that are coming for me because I'm not bogged down with everybody else's shit. Yeah, you know, and, and it seems really crazy and simple, but it's true. So when people are arguing and they got stuff going on, if that shit ain't got nothing to do with you, let it go. Unless they specifically ask you. And as, as my kids, so when my kids have stuff going on, I don't get caught up in their shit either. I'll tell them straight to the side, like, hey, this is a grown-up moment. I'm telling you this in a grown-up moment. This is a woman moment. This is an a, a, a adult woman talking to an adult man, to my son. I ain't, I'm not arguing with you. I, I really, you get do what you want to fucking do. But listen, as the parent, I'm saying Here's some adult rule shit that's important, important to you. So I know you do it if you want to. That's on you. Your choice, your consequence. I stand by that. So I don't try to get in when my daughters are fighting with each other. 
I got nothing to do with me. Because as soon as I step in and try to break it up, they're going to be like, why are you in our stuff? We got this. We sisters. We, you know, then it becomes them against me. And then, well, I, I was just trying to help. And then I become the victim. Well, I don't, I'm not the victim. I'm not the victim. I don't, I'm not doing it. All right. So I'm very, uh, you know, and I just was explaining it today at work and it may not have come out as clearly as that. All I know is when the bullshit is happening, <laughs> It doesn't involve me. <laughs> That's how I can walk around the campus light and happy and talking to people and enjoying my day because I'm not mad at the person who did this or why did this person do this and why did this and this and this. Who cares? I don't care. I don't even fucking care. You know, so if I get caught up in the meetings and the conversations and the this and the this and the this and the, then I'm a, I'm not I'm going to be ineffective ineffective as a teacher as an educator ineffective as a person because I'm not moving freely through the system and so yeah that's exactly it so when so I can be sitting in the middle of a room and it's on fire I should probably move right. That's me. Like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to move. And I move. But why it's on fire? What happened? That shit ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> so I, I always say to my faceless love, I'm probably going to make a terrible partner um, in a relationship with him because I just feel like I'm, it's not nonchalant. It's just like, I'm just aware that so much stuff has nothing to do with me, that I don't get caught in it. He's assured me that that's not the case. He's assured me I'm gonna be, as long as I don't change, I think he's making sure that we don't get together, get married, and then all of a sudden I turn into housewife from hell or something, you know, you know, so. But I'm like, I change into what? <laughs> What am I going to change into? A butterfly? Like, I don't know. So I just thought that was really interesting today, having that conversation, just explaining that, no, I don't do that. Because I, cause we have a, we're having a Christmas exchange, a secret Santa. And um, I was like, well, I'm going to participate this year. I was talking to one of my colleagues about participating. And uh, the person who's organizing it, I was like, she's probably surprised that I'm going to participate. And she was like, you are, she said, you are different this year. And she says, you're different. Not that you were bad, but you're different. You're participating more. You're, and you know, and I chalked that up to for the past couple of years, we've had some yucky energies on our campus. And when I don't, I'm not interacting with the yucky energy for the sake of it. I mean, we got a couple of yucky energies on our campus right now. I don't interact with them either. But for the sake of just interacting with people, I'm good on my own. I've told you guys that before. I go do my own thing. I don't have to be in a group. But people don't understand that because people are so used to forcing themselves to be in situations, to do things. To People are used to feeling like they have to take it. Well, you don't, because the more that you force yourself to have to take it, the more that you're chipping away at the pure existence of you. 
the more that you're holding yourself hostage right in that space because you're not able to move because you feel like you got to take it. I know I don't have to take it. I know I don't have to. Some people can't talk to me if I don't want them to talk to me. I know that. Um, people can't come in my classroom without my permission unless they're coming for an observation. And then if you come in, don't talk. Like I have serious rules about the boundaries that I keep around myself because I have to keep myself safe, which in turns keep my students safe. So they perform very well in my classroom because I provide a safe space for them. They know that no one outside of the classroom can come in and get them without coming through me, right? So that's a big deal. I'm very strict on the boundaries that I provide. And as soon as someone crosses a boundary or as soon as someone violates a boundary or disregard that, then I understand their intention isn't for me. Their intention is for them and good for them. But that means I have to shut down the way that I interact with you because I've got to protect myself from you. So, you know, it's just, it's really interesting, especially when you're trying to explain yourself to someone. My, um, one of my colleagues sent me a email and I loved it so much. Let me see if I can find it. I'm going to read it. It was just, it's a quote. He said that it, I was the epitome of that quote. Like you are the epitome of this quote. Mm, let me see if I can find it. And it's a, it's not an uncommon quote. It's by Marion Williamson. And I heard it before. But he sent it to me and I thought that was really nice of him. Um, uh, that's not it. It's similar to, well, it looks like they must have paraphrased it or something because these are longer than. So let me just read this one. This is close. <clears throat> it's called Our Deepest Fear by Marion Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frighten us. frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. And we're liberated from our own fear. Our, present, our presence automatically liberates others. So this is one of my colleagues that just sent me that in an email and never mentioned it again and was like, I think this quote epitomizes you. So that was what it said. I read the quote and I was like, wow, thank you. And for and I've only met them this year. Like, so they're new there. And I thought, wow, now this is someone that understands me and I understand him too. So we sit and talk, me at lunch, we sit and talk and it's just uh, he is a good conversationalist and he is a good addition to our campus. But I love the fact that he can see goodness. He can, he feels goodness. And I appreciate that, you know? So, and that those kind of things make me understand that continue to set the boundaries, continue to be free.
continue to move because people can see your light and it allows them to grow as well. And uh, yeah, so that's really cool. And um, my when uh, Faceless Love came for came to school last week. Oh, <laughs> Faceless Love came to school last week. We all set up talking as we had um, Thanksgiving lunch together. Uh, me, him, and the other teachers. Me and Faceless Love and the other teachers. And Faceless Love comes to the campus a couple times a year, maybe more sometimes. And so this was his regular time to come. And you just sat there and talked. And I love that. I love that I could just sit there and talk to all of them and just completely be myself and understood and appreciated and respected. And they understand how much this man is my man. And he is just so uh, amazing and everybody understands that. And there's no bullshit, there's no nothing because I go to work every day and I maintain my boundaries of keeping myself safe and not allowing anybody to come in my space and not getting in anybody else's space. And that's, those are huge lessons, like those are, huge lessons like we don't want to violate anybody's space we don't want to take over um we don't want to take over you know anybody's space i can't control you you can't control me you know all of those things and we just have to be ourselves and be accepting of it and that means a lot to me that really means a lot to me and i hope that I can continue to live my life this way without without worry, just to live free. And that's exactly where I am. I maintain that I'm, I'm going to be free and I'm gonna work every day to get to that place of freedom. So we, um, speaking of freedom, uh, <sighs> there, my podcast is available in so many places for free. <laughs> YouTube, subscribe, that's what I want for Christmas. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. You can download it everywhere, um, anywhere that you can find your podcast, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio. So download the um, Joy Exposed podcast and uh, listen to some of the past episodes. If you haven't heard the episode with Laura Henneman, that is a hot episode. Like that is fired up hot. And um, we gotta figure out how we're gonna get through the rest of December. We have four weeks left to the end of the year. We have um, three before we get to Christmas, and then we have one right before the new year. So we're gonna wrap uh, December up. We've gone through a whole complete year, and um, I'm very pleased and very proud of Joy Exposed. I'm proud of the growth that I have that's happened with me. I'm proud of the audience that tunes in and wants to listen, and people who are downloading, I'm really, that makes me feel so good. And I just, once I get moved and relocated, then we're, I'm gonna have to put something together for my Joy Exposed family, right? So we can do something and so I can celebrate all of you for just giving me the energy and the support to move forward and to move on. So I'm really just, I'm so happy about that. You guys don't even know. Like, I'm really very happy about that. So um, what else, what else, what else? I think that's about it. Uh, we're going to wrap up tonight. It's 10 o'clock. It's 9.57. So we're going to wrap up. I don't, um, yeah, I think we're done. 
I'm like, what else? Do I want to talk about something else? I got three minutes. And I don't. So, and I'm not going to force anything. Uh, we got to figure out the rest of the month, the next four weeks. What are we going to talk about? We had some good talks about um, relationships. I'm going to bring some of that stuff back. And people just, I, I, I think reading that Facebook post about telling your partner about the $4,000, those responses just let me know how many people are not ready to be, they're not even really ready to be in a relationship with themselves. If you have stuff that you're keeping secret for the sake of something to not mess with, you're not even ready to be in a relationship with yourself, right? You know, so this, that's, and it, you know, these are the things that make you back up and say, wow, like, okay, let me see, let me get another angle. That, that was definitely one for me because I feel like people are ready and it's so many people that are not. But anyway, it's just another day, right? How many years do I have to feel this move a nation of a million people? So uh, it's 10 o'clock, it's 9.58. It's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. And uh, remember, when joy is exposed, everything just feels better. Mwah. See you guys next week. Bye. There we go.